Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Nicole Furno, and I serve as a deacon at Park's Near North location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we've altered our use of this podcast. And instead, we'll be posting a short devotional every day. We hope you'll join us and will enjoy listening. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Nicole Furno. Hi, friends. Today, we're going to be wrapping up our study on the book of Philippians. But before we dive in, I wanted to start by telling you a story. For those of you who don't know me, my husband Rob and I have been attending Park Community Church for over 10 years, and we have two daughters. But just two months ago, I gave birth to our son, Samuel. A few days before Samuel's birth, I was talking to one of my girlfriends over the phone. She asked me how I was feeling and if I was anxious about having another baby. I told her I felt ready, but that since I'm a wimp when it comes to pain, my fear was that with my previous history of fast labors, I wouldn't get to the hospital in time in order to have an epidural. I'll keep the story short for the men listening, but I will say that from the time we pulled into the hospital until the time I was holding our sweet Samuel, it was about 30 minutes. So no, unfortunately, there was no time for an epidural. During those 30 minutes, I wish I could report to you that I did something really spiritual, like I recited Bible verses or listened to praise music, but no, I just kept screaming, I need an epidural, please, I need an epidural. I really believed I had to have an epidural in order to have a child. While I didn't get what I thought I needed, God helped me and supplied His power to endure childbirth without any medicine. Now, looking back, I can honestly say I was in a lot of pain, but through the birth of Samuel, I can also say that God supplied my every need. He provided me with strength, but also met my needs through my encouraging husband and quickly moving doctors. The reason why I'm telling you this story is that today we're going to be looking at a passage where God said, through the writing of Paul in Philippians, that God would meet all their needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In this section of verses we're going to study today, Paul, who was writing from prison in Rome, shared how God met his needs through the generosity of the Philippian church, and that God would also meet their needs because of their sacrificial giving. We're going to focus in on Philippians 4, verses 14 to 20 today, but if you've been tuning into the Daily Cut, you'll recall Paul had just written about learning to be content no matter the circumstance, and he could do all things through Christ who was his strength. So picking up in verse 14 of chapter 4, Paul said, Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with, with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. 
Now let's begin with verse 14. Here we see that Paul said that the church shared in his trouble. Paul's trouble was that he was in prison because of his work in spreading the gospel at the time of writing this letter. The church shared in his trouble by supporting Paul financially. Verse 15 says, And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. After Paul planted the church in Philippi and continued on his missionary journeys, no church except theirs partnered with him by sending him money. So the Philippian church was unique in that it was the only one in the Macedonian province or region that supported him. Their generosity showed that they fully supported Paul's mission and wanted him to continue to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. Now, you may wonder, as I did, why Paul needed money if he was imprisoned. This was because Roman prison was different than our modern-day prisons. In Paul's day, prisoners depended on friends, family, and loved ones to provide them meals. Without the generosity of the believers at Philippi, Paul would have not had food, clothing, or other essentials. Even though during this time there was a social stigma attached to prisoners, the Philippians remained faithful to Paul and provided for his needs. Paul was very grateful for their kindness and generosity, but verse 17 clarifies he was not seeking their money, but he longed for them to experience the blessing or spiritual fruit that would be credited to them for their generosity. The NIV translation of verse 17 says, Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. So Paul explained that the church would receive a reward from God for their kindness. Now moving on to verse 18, Paul described their contribution in a few ways. He said it was full payment and more. He was well supplied because of it. It was a gift, a fragrant offering, and sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. Their contribution to Paul was not just money. It was a holy gift, just like the pleasant aroma of the burnt offerings in the Old Testament. Their gift was a fragrant offering. It was a sacrifice, meaning they gave up something that was valuable to them on Paul's behalf and in order to further the gospel message, which was acceptable and pleasing to God. In these passages, we can clearly see Paul was grateful for the church's generosity. Throughout the Bible, not just in the book of Philippians, the importance of Christ followers sharing with those in need is highlighted. Paul addressed the topic of generosity again in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6-7, to where he said, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. For other examples, Proverbs 3 verses 9 to 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. And Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Now that we understand more fully the generosity of the Philippian church, let's focus in on what is likely a very familiar verse, Philippians 4, 19. 
And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The New Living Translation of Philippians 4.19 says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Well, this must have been great news to the Philippian church. As they received this letter, it was likely read aloud before the congregation. What an exciting day to hear that as they were generous, God would supply their every need. As the Philippians met Paul's needs, God would meet their needs. As they liberally gave their financial gift, which provided Paul with what he needed, God provided what the Philippians needed. Paul was making the point that God provides for the needs of a sacrificial giver. God provides for the needs of a sacrificial giver. Throughout many of the episodes of The Daily Cut, many of the other pastors and teachers have emphasized how context is so important when studying the Word of God. And that's the case here with Philippians 4.19, and that's because as followers of Christ, we cannot be unwise stewards or frivolous in our spending and expect God to meet all our needs. In his book entitled The Joy of Living, A Study of Philippians, Dwight Pentecost writes, The promise that my God shall supply all your need presupposes obedience. It's foolish to think you can squander what God has given you on yourself and then expect Him to step in and meet your need. So what Paul wrote and what this commentator expressed was that this verse presupposes obedience. It's foolish to think you can misuse what God has given you on yourself and then expect Him to step in and meet your need. For us today, as we are good and wise stewards of what God has given us, living and spending according to the principles found in in Scripture, God will step in and meet our needs. As we look at other passages in the Bible, we can observe that not just Paul, but Jesus taught in Matthew 6 about how God will meet the needs of a sacrificial giver. In Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But what's the context of this verse? In Matthew 6, Jesus talked about giving to the needy, laying up treasure not on earth but in heaven, and then he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God will supply every need of the sacrificial giver. Now let's get back to our passage in Philippians. When Paul wrote, my God will supply, how much would God supply? This is a question I get asked often as a parent. How much candy can I have? How much time before bed? How much longer until I can go back to school and stop being taught by my non-teacher parents? Well, according to Vine's Expository Dictionary, the words will supply means fulfill, to complete, filling out to completeness, to fill a hollow place. God did not give Paul enough to just squeak by or the bare minimum. You may recall in verse 18, Paul said, I have received full payment and more. As Paul needs Paul's needs were fully met and exceeded to overflowing, so Paul encouraged the church that God would do the same for them, fulfill their needs, and fill their hollow places. 
Now, some of you may be familiar with Hudson Taylor, who was a British missionary in China during the late 1800s. He said, God's work done in God's way will receive God's supply. As Paul did God's work in prison in God's way, he received God's supply, which was full payment and more. As the Philippians participated in God's work in God's way, they also received God's supply. Now, how is it possible that as the church gave their money to support Paul's mission, they would also have their needs fulfilled and have their hollow places filled? Well, the end of verse 19 gives us the answer because it is according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. God supplies for the needs of the church from his rich storehouse, which is never empty and nothing is ever out of stock or backordered. Unlike our current toilet paper shortage, there is always rich, abundant, and overflowing supply available to us from God in Christ. Almighty God is our omnipotent supplier, helper, and provider. Now that we understand what supply means, let's take a a closer look at what Paul meant when he said God would supply their every need. What does every need mean? Well, according to the Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament, need means lack or necessary thing. Lack or necessary thing. So, Paul was saying God provides that which is lacking or necessary. And one commentary I read this past week said that God promises to meet your needs, but not your greeds. So, as our loving, generous Heavenly Father, God knows how to give good gifts to us. However, as a perfect parent, He also wisely withholds things that are unnecessary or that which will actually bring us harm. God gives us what is necessary or essential. God has and will always be our Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. He always has been and always will be throughout all generations our Jehovah Jireh. He provides for us in so many ways, whether we realize it or not. God fulfills our practical needs, things like food, family, clothing, shelter, oxygen to fill our lungs, jobs, and occupations. God fulfills our spiritual needs. Because of His love for us, He's provided salvation through Jesus, redemption, sanctification, new life, freedom from the curse of sin, and deliverance from hell to heaven. He has provided the Holy Spirit, our comforter, advocate, and counselor. God provides for our physical, mental, and emotional needs. He's creator, the giver of life. He's a miracle worker. He is the sustainer of all life, our helper, our shepherd, and our peace. He is our great physician and healer. He's our hope, our burden bearer, our fear remover, our anxiety eliminator, our defender, our shield, our rock, our stronghold, our strong tower, our refuge, our strength, and our very present help in trouble. Whatever you need today, God will supply according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Whatever you need tomorrow, God will supply according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. For some listening today, because of the coronavirus and this time of economic crisis, you may be hungry, lacking food, water, or other essentials. 
If that's you, I would encourage you to cry out to God and ask Him to supply your every need. As you honor Him with what He has given you, He may provide in many different ways. He may give you the gift of a new job. He may provide through the generosity of the local church or a food pantry. You can trust His provision to be more than adequate. But I imagine for most of us listening like me, your basic needs are being met right now. You likely have plenty of food, a comfortable home, a Netflix subscription, a bed to sleep in, and sufficient money in your bank account. As the body of Christ, we have the opportunity to give to those in need. As we give generously and sacrificially, God will fulfill our needs. To the weary mom, overwhelmed with home learning and cooking what seems like the 18th meal of the day, God will supply all your needs. He is your energy and strength. To the dad concerned about the economy and wondering how you will provide for your family, God will supply all your needs. He is your provider. To the person who just lost their job or the elderly listening, maybe nearing retirement, God will supply all of your needs. He's your sustainer. To the lonely person who's tired of feeling isolated, God will supply all of your needs. He is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. To the fear-filled, Purell-covered brother or sister, God will supply all of your needs. God is your shield and protector. Whatever you need today, as you honor God with your wise stewardship, God will supply your every need according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. No matter who you are or what your current level of need is, let's remember God is meeting our needs every single day. Now, God may meet your need directly, or He may provide through the generosity of others like He did for Paul. And sometimes, like he did for me as I gave birth to Samuel, instead of giving us the thing we think we need, God gives us the gift of himself. He meets our needs by giving us his supernatural strength to endure difficulties rather than an escape or a material blessing. So what are some practical steps you can take? Can I gently ask you, are you honoring God with your finances? Remember, we can't squander our money and expect God to meet our needs. Are you, just like the Philippian church, a generous giver of all the resources that God has entrusted to you? Also, I would encourage you to ask God how you can help others during this pandemic. You could purchase supplies for your neighbors or write them letters of encouragement. You could contact your local church and see how you can partner with them to help others. I also wanted to encourage you during this challenging time of the coronavirus and staying at home to reflect on all that God has already provided. I found it helpful to remind myself of all the blessings God has given to me and to focus on what I can be thankful for instead of focusing on what has been taken away. You could start a gratitude journal. You could create a series of social media posts sharing with others how God has been your Jehovah Jireh. For the families at dinner time, you could discuss each night the ways God has provided during this unique time. These are just a few ways you can put into action the verses we have studied today. As we wrap up, I hope this devotional and study of the book of Philippians has been an encouragement to you. Let's close with prayer.
Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and we thank you that you are our all-sufficient satisfier and provider. We praise you that your divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We pray that we could be like Paul, that we could learn in whatever situation, including this coronavirus situation, to be content. Just as David said in Psalm 23, thank you that because you are our shepherd, we lack nothing, we shall not want, and we have all that we need. Thank you that as we honor you with our finances and generously give to those around us, you will supply our every need according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Help us to be lavish in our giving and ready to share all we have with others. God, we thank you that your faithfulness to us is great. Help us to be faithful to you. To use the words from the old hymn, thank you, God, that you provide pardon for sin and a peace that endures. Your own dear presence cheers us and guides us. You give us strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all ours with 10,000 beside. May you be glorified forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope you're doing well. We'll be back tomorrow with another short devotional. So stay tuned. 